0: Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel, so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. All right, we're going to get started tonight. Um, i to give you a little bit of a background. I, got to get, I had to get my thoughts back where they're supposed to be there for a 2nd We give you a little bit of background about what's been happening up to the point where we're going to start in the Bible. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2 as we talk talked tonight, but Jesus has been uh, going around. Uh, he said, in verse 38 of chapter one, he tells them, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. So he that's, that's what he's been doing. He's been going throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues, casting out demons, healing the sick. That, he's been busy doing that. And uh, in, in, in this, at the end of chapter 1, there's a guy comes up to him with leprosy and asks Jesus. He said, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus says, I'm willing, and he heals him. And he tells him, he says, "It says Jesus sent him away with a strong warning. He tells him not to tell anybody what happened. Don't tell anybody what happened. But you go and do what you're supposed to do. Go to show the priest and, and offer the sacrifices that under the mosaic, you know, what Moses said you're supposed to be doing. Go do that. But don't tell anybody what happened. And this guy, I mean, he just got cured of leprosy. You can kind of understand how he can't hardly keep that to himself. He doesn't do that. He goes and he starts talking freely, it says. Spreading the news. And as a result, here's how chapter one ends right before we're going to get started. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus couldn't, I mean, he couldn't even go into a town. This guy went and spread the news about what Jesus had done for him. He's telling, listen, that that's, and, and what happened because of that is people just started, he couldn't even go into a town without being just swamped with people. So he had to stay in lonely places outside of town, and that didn't stop him. No matter, even though he was outside of town, they still came to him to find him, right? When when we tell people what God has done for us, it gives other people hope. Chapter two of Mark says a few days later when Jesus, I still think I'm really loud. I don't know what y'all think back there, but how does that sound to y'all? Okay. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. So Jesus comes back. Basically, to his hometown, home area, and they start gathering, and they're gathering in the house where he's at. He's until there was no room left, not even outside the door. You have been in a crowded, some concert or something, or where it's really crowded, where you're standing? there' you been to Silver Daughter City on a Saturday at Christmas time? It's about what it is. You're standing shoulder to shoulder. It doesn't matter where you go. You're going to be in a crowd of people. Jesus is in this house and there's no room. He's in there and he's preaching the word and there's no room. They're they're outside the door. They're, They're as close as they can get so they can hear and they can be around Jesus. And that's where we're at as the story starts. And he's preaching the word to them. I always found this kind of interesting, right? We know when we read John, right? Jesus is the word. But at the start of right here, he's in his house and he's preaching the word to him. But what is the word, right? The word is Jesus. When when we go back through the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus, right? He's telling them about himself. He's they may not understand that yet, but he's, he's telling them about himself right here where he's preaching to them. He's preaching the word to them and he's spending this time telling them about himself because the Bible's about Jesus. The word of God that he's given to us to know what to do is about Jesus from front to back, cover to cover. It's about Jesus. And Jesus is in the middle of all these people. I mean, he's probably got a little bit of room, but nobody else does. And it's crowded. And it says, verse 3, Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Now, it doesn't doesn't say that there was just four. It says some men came. Four of them were we're carrying this man on his bed. He's a paralytic. Doesn't say how long he's been paralyzed. Could have been most of his life. He could have he could have it could have been some kind of accident where he got paralyzed. I don't know cuz it doesn't say. It just says a paralytic carried by four of them. Right? And they're bringing him to see Jesus. But that's going to be a problem. Right, I mean, remember the house is completely full of people. Outside the door is completely full. You're not getting in if you wasn't there at the beginning. If you wasn't there early, you're not getting in to see Jesus. You're not going to get close enough, right? So here comes these guys, and they're bringing this paralytic on his bed. He can't even. He can't move. He can't walk. Verse four says, since they could not get him to Jesus. Because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat with the paralyzed man was lying on. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. They can't get in, so they get creative, right? They go up. And they tear a hole in the roof. Now this, you got to think, you got to kind of, a lot of times we go through this story and and we don't think about this part, right? We know they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered this guy down in there. But think about what that meant. Think about what it meant cutting a hole in the roof of this house. This is somebody's house. This is, it's going to have to be fixed when this is over. So obviously these guys are okay with fixing it, right? They are. They've done. Took into account that we're going to tear a hole in this roof. We'll stick around and fix it later. But that that's there's there's a thought process there that we don't need to ignore, right? They they weighed the cost of what they were going to do, even though they went ahead and did it. There was, a, there was a price to what they were going to have to do. They wanted their friend to get to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to be able to see their friend. They, and so they were going to do anything they had to do. We can't get in the door. There's too many people there. All right, let's go up on top of the roof. We'll just cut us a hole and we'll go in from above. Right? It's mission impossible. And said so is, if you think about it, it's his mission impossible. What's he always do? He always wants to go in from down from above. Every 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 operation he has to find a way to lower himself down in something. That's what he does. Well these guys, they, they were mission impossible long before that. Can't get in the door, so we're gonna go on the roof. We're gonna tear a hole in the roof. And it's not just it's not like not gonna be like today. You understand what roofs were made of, right? It was dirt and sod and all kinds of stuff, and they they then covered with stuff. They cut up, they made an opening in the roof, and then had to dig through that. So putting that back is going to take some work. It's going to take some take a lot of effort to put that back, but eventually. They get it done. They get a hole made and they lower the paralyzed man down. Verse 5 is very important. Verse 5 is probably probably the key text of this whole thing. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus didn't see his faith. He saw that man's friend's faith. He saw their faith. When he saw the faith of the ones that were bringing the man to him. Right? And why does he say your sins are forgiven? Right? Well, it, pretty much he's taking guilt away from this man. In, 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 especially in this day and time. It still happens some today. They 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 were under the assumption if there was something wrong with me then I there's sin somewhere there that's causing this I've done something wrong to cause this illness and it, it Jesus said your sins are forgiven it it took the guilt away for that guy for that man now. I'm not saying this paralytic guy didn't have any faith. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he wanted his friends to take him there. But Jesus saw the, the faith of those around him that were helping him, that were bringing him there. Right? Put yourselves in that position. Right? Maybe it's not a paralyzed man. Maybe it's not an illness at all. Maybe it's just you have a friend who has a need emotionally that, the, that they need your faith praying to God for them to help them make it through. It's a very real possibility every day that someone you know needs you to pray for them and have faith that God was going to take care of that. Another interesting thing there, verse five, he says he saw their faith. Pay attention to that, right? Because that was that was because their faith was taking action. He th- he said he saw their faith. Their, fa- their faith said, "I've got to get my friend." To Jesus, it don't matter if I had to cut a hole in the roof, tear the whole thing off. How it goes, right? There's a song that Tanya wants to start doing sometime, and Brandon Lake's got a new song, "Tear the Roof Off," and it and it's about this story. But it this this set of friends, this this group of men, understood that they they that we have got to get him to Jesus. Their faith went to work. Their faith had actions. Their faith was visible because they did what it took to get their friend where he needed to be. Our faith needs to have action. It's not a abstract word, right? It's the evidence of things hoped for the assurance of things not seen, right? And I may have said that backwards, but Hebrews, I'll just look, we'll just look it up real quick. Hebrews 11 one, this is important. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, right? Faith, even though we don't know whether our friend's going to be healed. We're going to get him to Jesus anyway because Jesus has been healing people everywhere. He can't even go into town because people's been hearing about all these, everything he's been been casting out demons and he's been healing people, right? And these guys have heard about this and they're going to get their friend to Jesus. So Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And we're going to come back to that part too in just a minute. verse six. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves important part of that verse. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming who can forgive sins, but God alone. Now remember they're thinking this to themselves. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Jesus knows. He knows our every thought. He knows what we're thinking. We don't have to. We need to say we need to talk when we pray. We need to pray to God. We need to talk to God. But he already knows We need to go ahead and say it and pray so that we can hear ourselves say it. Jesus here, Jesus already knows exactly what we're going to say. He knows our thoughts before we ever say them. These guys, he knew what they were going to say. He knew what they were thinking in their hearts that they weren't ever going to say out loud. They weren't going to say this out loud, but he knew what they were thinking. And so he confronted them on it. Why are you thinking these things? that be a right. So they they get caught. Now, why are you thinking these things? But it's also a ooh, right? It's one of those ooh moments. Hold, hold up a second. Let's backtrack here. Those I'm sure that's what they were thinking. How does he know what I'm thinking? Why are you thinking these things? Jesus said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Jesus calls them out, he says, why are you thinking these things? What He says, which one's easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or take up your mat and go home, basically be healed? Which is easier? Right? Are they? How are they going to answer that question? Is is there? Would there have been a right answer for them to say? No. Either one. The, either. Either thing they said would have been. They. They would have got. They would have caught themselves. Right. <clears throat> but both of these things. Both of these things are what Jesus has provided for us. Right. His death on the cross. Our sins, the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. That's the forgiveness of sins, right? That's what his blood was shed to cover. And his body was broken so that we might be healed. Both of these things are what he's going to do. He hasn't done them just yet in this story, but it's coming. Neither one of these things are really separate, they're together because it's it's all in Jesus's death and burial and resurrection. It's all there. Everything. There's no separating that. Him forgiving their sins, him healing them. It's there's nothing different there. It's the same thing. He asked the question, which is easier to say? Cuz it doesn't matter which one you say for Jesus is it for God either one of them is easy. Doesn't matter. Which one would you rather me say? You know, it's kinda there's there's a lot of points in there where you can kind of see some humor from Jesus. It's kind of he it's it's almost like he's messing with them. Let me give you a I'm gonna say A or B and you tell me which one you want me to say, and we'll just do that. You don't like this one? Wait till I show you this one. You know? It's kind of what he it's kind of what he's done there. Your sins are forgiven. And now he might have healed him anyway, right? That might have been coming anyway. We don't know. He, he told him your sins are forgiven. He took the guilt away from him. And then before he can get to healing him, the teachers of the law, the guys that think they know what everything is about, they start thinking these thoughts that kind of catch Jesus' attention. And Jesus says, well, hold up a second. I said his sins are forgiven, but which is easier, to forgive his sins or to heal him? But catch what he says right after that. He says, so that you will know, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So that they would know that Jesus had the authority to forgive sins. He healed the man right they need to know we need to know that Jesus has that authority <clears throat> at the right before at the right before the great commission right after his he's been raised from the dead he tells them all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth Jesus conquered all there's nothing outside of his purview Right? There's nothing outside of what his, his ruling, his choices. Jesus is in control of everything. He has defeated death in the grave. He has defeated Satan. He's defeated everything. And all that is for us. And all that is the same for us because we are buried with him and, re- and brought back again right? in Christ. Paul says, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives through me. Just like this paralytic guy, right? His friends bring him in. And because of their faith, he is healed. And he gets to go home. But I bet you, I bet he didn't stay quiet about it. I bet he went and told everybody he could find. Anybody that knew him was going to ask questions. They were going to know, well, what in the world happened to you? You couldn't move yesterday or a few days before that or however long it had been. Now you're walking around and everything is fine. Tell me what happened. And I'm sure he did. Right? When Jesus does things for us in our lives, we need to tell people about it. We need to tell people about it because they're going to get hope from that, right? We're going to remember in the telling of it, it helps us to remember what God's done for us, right? And we need to continue to remember those things that God does for us every day. I got a lot to remember because God's done a lot for me, right? And he does it continually, but also have to tell people about that. I have to let people know what God is doing in my life because that's my testimony. We overcome by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony. And that is important to know. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God. Jesus did not do anything for himself. He did everything for the father. He did exactly what the father asked him to do in all things. And they praised God for what he did. Same thing for us. (coughs) Excuse me. Same thing for us. It should never be about us. It should always be about what God has done and the good things that he's done always. We should always remember that it's God who's doing these things. He may use us to do them. He may work through us to do these things, but God is the one who is doing. God, right. If the band can come back up, we'll... Have another song.